Hello, and welcome to the Bamboo Lab Podcast with your host, Peak Performance Coach, Brian Bosley. Are you stuck on the hamster wheel of life, spinning and spinning, but not really moving forward? Are you ready to jump off and soar? Are you finally ready to sculpt your life? If so, you've landed in the right place. This podcast is created and broadcast just for you. All of you strivers, thrivers, and survivors out there. If you'd like to learn more about Brian and the Bamboo Lab, feel free to reach out to explore your true peak level at www.bamboolab3.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bamboo Lab podcast. I just want to share some analytics real quickly. Uh, Due to your support and your rating, reviewing, subscribing, following, and sharing us with three people each week, we have now have subscribers on all six, all six continents. We still don't have Antarctica, which we probably won't get. Uh, we have subscribers in 60 countries and 1,687 cities around this beautiful globe of ours. So thank all of you for all of your support. And if you have not yet, please follow us, subscribe us, rate, review us, and please, this episode especially, share it with three people. This is an episode that is game and life changing. So All right, I want to share a couple of heart letters that came out in the last week we've gotten regarding the most previous episode that we did with with, uh, Sarah Mossett, Triumph, from Tragedy to Triumph. Uh, This uh, text came and said, I just listened to the podcast. One word, wow. I'd be lying if I told you I didn't have a tear in my eye three or four different times. From the interview to the conversation to the message, there's no so much to learn from that podcast. I really think that message can change live people's lives. I hope it ends up in your top one percent. Then we have we just got one this morning regarding the same episode with Sarah Mossett saying the podcast episode with Sarah was the best I've ever heard. So shout out to Sarah and her story. Thank you for changing lives. But today Coming all the way from Alberta, Canada, we have an amazing guest that I had the opportunity to meet uh, through a mutual friend of ours, Brooke Crable. So thank you, Brooke, for introducing myself with Shannon. We have Shannon Mondor on today. Now, Shannon created Fulfillment in Faith to teach others to have faith in themselves, which is the foundation really to having fulfillment in every area of your life. Um, she has overcome her past and used her experiences to empower herself to change. So now she actually uses that same knowledge and wisdom that she gained. She uses it to help others release their past and find greatness within to live in confidence, strength, and freedom. Her passion is to teach as many individuals as possible how to create a life they love. So here she's got some cool collections and tools that she uses. So uh, first of all, uh, she has her book, How in the Hell Did I Get Here? which um, I ordered and been reading it through uh, through uh, my order on Amazon. She has a podcast called Fulfillment and Faith, and I've already listened to two episodes. I love it. And she also has two po- programs called Fulfillment and Faith and one-on-one coaching through Fulfillment and Faith. So through these resources, you'll be inspired and empowered to live a life of joy, confidence, and abundance. So if you're really interested, and I think you all will be, click on the sh- go to the show notes at the bottom of this episode here, and click on the links below to her book, to her podcast, and to her coaching programs. Just explore, do some exploring, because these things are worth investing because they're life-changing programs. So I could talk all day and give all her credentials, but I just want to say one thing. Shannon, welcome to the Bamboo Lab podcast. Well, thank you, Brian. I am beyond excited um, because there is so much that I want to share with the audience. And uh 
as you said, this will be a life-changing uh, moment for those of you that have been called to listen to this podcast. So thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor. So I think uh, out there, you know exactly who Shannon is now by just that quick little self-intro. This is a woman of extreme confidence, a woman with a ton of passion and energy. I told her last week, you are infectious, man. We spent, I think, 55 minutes on the phone last week and I mean, I walked off. I, I think I felt like I could run through a brick wall after our time on the phone. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. So, so Shan, we got a chance last week to learn a little bit about each other. I've learned a, lo- a lot about you, and I've always done, done some research in the past seven days. But can you please tell the audience member out there a little bit about yourself, your childhood, your family, what or who inspired you growing up? Sure. No, ab- absolutely. Um so as you had mentioned, yes, I, I do live in Alberta, Canada. Um, I am a best-selling published author. I do have the podcast. Um, I am a yoga instructor. I also do Reiki level one and two. I'm a practitioner in that area. I have absolutely four beautiful children. I am married. Um, and, you know, life has really taken a huge shift um, over the past several years. Um but it took me a lot of learning lessons, I, I will say that for sure. Um, and I want anybody that reads my book, and I invite you to read my book, How in the Hell Did I Get Here? Um, because it's not only about addiction. There are so many different aspects in my life that I know that you will resonate with. And it was through those experiences that I've become the person that I am today. A lot of people will read that book, and they will be like, oh, my God, you have any any regrets from your past, and I will tell everybody, absolutely not. I embrace every moment, every experience, because this is how it's gotten me to where I am today, and this has also given me my growth, and from that, I am here to teach and also to share my story with all of the individuals that are listening to this podcast or who get to know me or also who are brought forth to be in my energy, to become that best version of themselves. So getting into my story, oh, well, (laughs) did you guys pack a lunch? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, uh, my story actually starts even before I was born. Um, I was brought up in a family of alcoholism, um, addiction with drugs, um, mental abuse, and also physical abuse. So the story actually started with my father. And a lot of addictions will start generations prior. And I understand that, but it took me a long time to get to that point to actually realize that. Because I thought for the longest time, it was just me. Because things around me were so normalized. I was brought up in this environment. So what does that mean? That's normal to me. It's not normal to you, Brian, or it's not normal to Sally, but it was normal to me. So I, I didn't have contrast just what the difference was until later on in my life. So with the addiction, my father uh, was very, very abusive. He was really abusive to all of my brothers and sisters. I am the youngest of eight children, and I have a half-brother. So there's nine of us siblings in total. So my father was extremely abusive to my mother and also to my oldest brother. Those two took the brunt of the abuse. Now, when I was about two and a half or three years old, my father ended up committing suicide. 
So what happened was my oldest brother took on the role of my father. He became my father. So he continued to abuse all of uh, the rest of my siblings and I growing up. And when I was a child, I, I literally lived in fear. But I didn't realize that that was normal to me. So, um, you know, anytime, uh, oh, I forgot to ask you, um, if I swear, is that okay? Because if it, it, that's, you know, I, I, I don't know if, if I am allowed to swear, but if, <laughs> if I do, um, you know, uh, just. Hey, hey Shannon, be, I talked up. with you for 55 <laughs> minutes last week. You can swear. I'm not taking that out of you. Okay, good. Because that's one thing about me. Once you get to know me as an individual, as a coach, whatever, I'm very forthcoming. I'm very passionate. I'm very upfront. And I tell my truth. And I've learned I will no longer give excuses for that. So, but I don't want to step on anybody's toes either. uh, Oh, you're fine. So growing up, so growing up um, in that environment, um, you know, my brother would come over and I would just despise the fact that he was coming over. Uh, you know, if I walked by him, he would punch me. He would push me. Um, he and he would just laugh. You know, I'd be eating supper and, you know, he would smush my, uh, my face into the plate. Um, eating an ice cream cone. Never could I enjoy anything like that around him because he would smush that ice cream cone into my face and he would just laugh. And he would torment me and me and my, at that time it was me and my sisters at home. And there was never a doll, never a doll that I had that he did not rip the head off, rip the limbs off, and he would uh, take a pen and write genitals all over the place. Now this man at this time, like he's in his early 20s, and he would torment us. And he would think that it was absolutely funny. He was such a sick man, right? And then I despised not only my brother for what he did to me, but I also despised my mother because she never protected us at all. But that was normal to her. But what bothered me the most about growing up was that she could not see that what my brother was doing to all of us was exactly what my father had done to her and also to my oldest brother the most, right? And I was thinking, at what point in time do you not just protect yourself? But she was so addicted to that too. That was her addiction. She was addicted to being abused. And she was addicted to also to my oldest brother abusing her too. He didn't physically abuse her, but he mentally abused her. And still to this day, there is this bond between those two individuals that you cannot break because she sees nothing wrong with it. And that's where my compassion really had to kick in because I'll tell you, the anger and the hatred that I had towards those two, I let them destroy my life and I did not even know it. So throughout my adolescent years and um, into my teenage years, I didn't realize this till years later, but the anxiety that I had, the depression that I had, the fear was just overwhelming. And uh, my grade 12 year, um, I look back now, and that was when my, I had chronic depression. And even back then, um, like in the late 1980s, a lot of people didn't even know what chronic depression was, anxiety, anything like that. 
I can remember my grade 12 year. I could barely even get out of bed because things had just taken such a toll on me. And um, I became very, very suicidal um, in, in my grade 12 year. I ended up not graduating. I went through the process of getting up daily. I was always late for school. You know, I would do my assignments and, and, but I was just, I was just walking this path and I could not see a future or anything. And, um, I, I did go through the role of finishing the school, but I did not graduate. And that was one thing that really played on my heartstrings for so many years because my brother had drilled it into us that, you know, I was stupid. I was dumb. Um, I was good for nothing. I was a slut. Like just all these names that he, whatever he could do and call us is what he did just so it would make him more bigger and powerful. But it wasn't until later, you know, my later years where I realized and I looked at the man and I'm like, you are the most weakest individual that I have ever met. So insecure. Um, so with my, then I kick into my twenties and I'll tell you, it was just a couple days after I was done school. And I could not wait to get the hell away from my family. I did not want to be affiliated with my family at all in any way. I hated my last name because of the reputation that my older brothers and my father throughout the years um, had created. Like people would say, say to me, oh, you're such and such as little sister or you're such and such as uh, 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 daughter. And I would just cringe and I would be, yes, I am. You know, there was no good feeling that I had at all. So my 20s and 30s, let me tell you, I ran. I totally became a people pleaser. I would do anything, anything to be liked. Um, I would put everybody else's feelings before me. Um, you know, if people wanted to do something, yeah, absolutely. Let's go with your plan because my plan doesn't matter, right? Um, I became a chameleon. I conformed into what everybody wanted me to be. Because I, I wanted friends. I wanted to be loved. I, I wanted to be surrounded by great people. But in essence, because I was such a low vibration energy, what am I attracting? I'm attracting people like me in, and I'm just letting them walk all over me. I would rather be walked all over and be noticed that way than be left alone. That's how bad my self-esteem was. Then, because of, of what I was attracting in and my lack of self-worth that I had within me, what else was I attracting in? I was attracting in uh, relationships with men where they were manipulating me and they were narcissists. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they always came first. I would always put the men in my life as top priority because... I did not want to be left alone. I wanted them to love me. I wanted to be loved so, so bad. So, of course, you know, I, I, I just let them, uh, you know, verbally abuse me, mentally abuse me. None of my men ever physically abused me. Uh, but that also took a toll on me as well as the years went by. Then, of course, everything always crashed and burned because of suppression, suppressed, suppressed, suppressed throughout the years. So once I got into my 40s, I had already had my four children. Um, I was married. And that was the thing. Like my husband, you know, I love my husband to pieces. Uh, but he is a narcissist. 
And when I say a narcissist, I don't, I'm not putting in it in a way that, and saying that all narcissists are so mean, you know, or, or that they're bad people. Um, I'm saying that they're very much into who they are. They, they, um, they're very selfish individuals, but I also take blame for that too, because I helped him to also make him be all about himself as well. I take absolute full ownership in that too. So with our relationship, everything was about him. Everything was about him building the business. Everything was all about his family. And we, his family, he grew up in a family what was totally opposite to what my family was. My family was alcohol, addiction, mental illness. We were not wealthy. We struggled in life. We had a reputation, right? And not, and not a good reputation. Where he was brought up in a very loving family, a religious family. They came from their self-made millionaires. Like they, they stuck beside each other. They supported each other. They were educated. So we totally two different spectrums. So then when our relationship started to bloom and we ended up getting married, this is all coming from me that I don't belong in the family. I don't have that, I don't have that confidence and self-worth. So that actually caused friction later on in life with me. And that was also one of the things that also aided within my addiction as well. And a lot of people, you know, don't, don't see that or don't realize that. But I look back now at my whole entire life and I really look at it like it's a story. And that's one thing that I really want the audience to look back at is sit down, look at your life. And I want you to write your life story out because you are going to see where so many things in your life are repeated over and over and over. And when something is repeated over like that, that's because you didn't learn your lesson. So what you did is you created that lesson to pop up in your life again until you finally get the lesson and you set the healthy boundary. And that's really what took place with that with me. And so I crashed and burned in my 40s. I crashed so hard. And that was at a time where it was, I'll tell you, Brian, it was so bad. Um, I couldn't even get out of bed anymore because I started having all of these flashbacks again of my childhood. And I did not know whether or not they were real. Mm. And um, it, it, it was, it, it was it was there 24-7, constantly, constantly. And I was really questioning myself. And I was like, am I going crazy? And there was nobody I could talk to about these flashbacks that I was having. Remember when I was embarrassed or, or whatever it was, right? And like these, these are, and I'm thinking like, am I crazy? So that was when I started to drink really, really heavily, like heavily. And I always drank. I started drinking by the time I was 14 years old. Um, because, you know, growing up in a smaller town, that's what everybody does. And still to this day, that town still does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but, you know, a 14-year-old drank with a 60-year-old. Um, and that was normal. 
So I started drinking when I was 14 years old. And then as I got older, you know, I did the whole binge drinking things. I partied on the weekends and that, right? But then when I got into my 30s and 40s, I started drinking almost daily, having a glass of wine at supper time. And then in my late 30s, I started making wine. Well, jeepers, I had an endless supply. If I ran out, all I had to do was go and make another batch. Each batch was 28 to 32 bottles. It got to the point there, you know, at the very end when I crashed and burned, I was literally drinking about six bottles of wine a day. That's how bad it was. And with these flashbacks, all I wanted to do was be drunk. And all I wanted to do was was just numb myself, pass out. And when I woke up, the first thing I did was I would go and I would have another glass of wine to put me in that numb state so I would pass out again. Because I knew that if I didn't pass out, I was going to kill myself. And I had four children at this time. Like, my oldest daughter was in grade uh, 11. And then my youngest, um, you know, he was, oh, how old was he? I'm going to put him in kindergarten, somewhere in there. And my kids, my, my, my two younger ones, they don't really remember, but it really affected my oldest daughter. And then my other daughter, which was about 12 or 13 year old, well, I would say she was about 12. So she's kind of seeing this, right? Then what had happened was a girlfriend of mine who was a psychiatric nurse and has been in nursing for years and years and has dealt with a lot of people with addiction. She popped through um, and came to visit me. And me thinking I'm smart, I'm thinking, you know, I can, I can you know, handle, put my shit together, right, for a couple of days while she's here. Well, she could literally see right through me. And she said, Shannon, you're going to kill yourself. And I'm like, you're right. And she was the one that I actually spilt the beans to because her and I had been friends for years. She she knew uh, the, I would say, the most in this entire world. But she didn't know my whole story about how bad things were for me because I kept that so hidden. So she goes, and so she said to my husband, you've got to get her into a treatment center or she's going to kill herself. And my husband, all through this part of me literally breaking down, he didn't know what to do. Because he was brought up in a family where you don't talk about things. You don't express your feelings. You make sure that everybody just thinks everything's fine. And you just literally sweep everything under the rug. Because life is very much about image, you know, and, you, you know, that's, but, but I'm not saying it was just particularly his family. So many other families are like that out there, oh, right? Sure. They don't want people to know what's going on. And so he, yeah, he's like, okay, okay. But I know that he was also very, very thankful that she had come to visit us because I, he, he didn't know what to do either. And anytime he did bring bring up to me about my drinking, I, I would just literally lose my shit on him because there was so much resentment that was built up inside me towards him because I blamed him for a lot of the things that we had gone through in the past. Um, and I was angry at him because of how he treated me. But I didn't see at that time either that I was very much a part of that. I let him do that. And that's one thing that I want everybody to know out there that if you don't respect yourself or if you don't love yourself, how is anybody out there going to love and respect you? Because it is your job to teach people how to treat you. So if you're not treating yourself that way, nobody else will. And 
So I ended up going to treatment and I was sent to one of the top treatment centers in Canada. And I was there for eight weeks. And let me tell you, that was the best thing I could ever, ever do. I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed that I had that opportunity to go. Because while I was at that treatment center, I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about the disease and about my family history that I would have never, ever known. I learned how to take responsibility. Um, I was no longer in denial. Um, I, I could see all throughout my whole entire life how I was playing the victim card or I was in so much denial of so many things within my life. So I had to confront this. So I was there for eight weeks. And then when I came out, that was when my life really started to, to take shape and to shift. Um, I no longer wanted to be around alcohol. Um, and I, I, things were really starting to flow. I was starting to become the person that I always wanted to be. Um, I, I was no longer around. I no longer around the people that drank anymore. Um, things were really starting to take shape, and I did really, really well for a year. And it was about a year to the date um, that I we were there was a family wedding. It, the family wedding on my husband's side was down in New York City, so I was exposed again to so many different outside elements and I, I wasn't prepared, but at the same time, I didn't know how to prepare for, for what was about to take place. So we're at the wedding and all of these triggers were happening. Now you got to realize at that time, I didn't know what a trigger was because they didn't tell me in treatment what a trigger was. So I, I, I couldn't prepare myself. Um, I, I really didn't know what anxiety was, even though I had anxiety all throughout my years, uh, because that was normal to me. So I didn't know the feelings and emotions that were being brought back up within me. Um, I was brought back to the times of abandonment, um, the times of not feeling uh, like the lack of self-worth. I was feeling ugly. I was feeling all of this because... When my husband is around with his family, I've always felt that I was always put on the back burner. Mm. My husband doesn't view it that way, which, which is totally fine. But these are my feelings, and these are what count is my feelings. So I always looked at our relationship uh, because of how I let things play out. Um, because I always let him come first, the business come first, all of that come first, Right. So all of these things are coming back again. I see him with his family again. He's rushing to be with his family. He's so excited. The feelings of abandonment really start to kick in. I feel that I'm not good enough. You know, all of these different feelings and emotions. And I really felt left alone that whole entire time when we were at this wedding. And of course, there's me and the kids, right? So it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm left behind. And this was where I really needed him, but I didn't speak up to him because I, once again, was putting his feelings and, and everything about him first. So after about three days of me going through all of this war with inside me, I couldn't handle it anymore. I went downstairs and I went to the nearest liquor store that I could find. 
And I went and, and um, I was a wine drinker. So I had a great straight to the wine area and I bought those four little bottles that you can buy in a case of four yeah. um, of white thin Sangel. And I, I went out and I sat on the sidewalk and I cracked open that first little bottle of wine and I drank it. And let me tell you, I could literally feel the calmness go all throughout my body. And then I could feel that rush of alcohol through my bloodstream. Like I, I, I've never felt the liquor so present in my body and the calmness that came over me. But anybody that's educated in the world of addiction, that calmness only lasts for about 20 minutes. And then once that subsides within your body, the anxiety kicks back in and it's 10 times full. So that's what brings on you want to drink more and more and more. And it was from that point on was when I started drinking again. And I hid my drinking for about six months. Then I started to get cocky. Then I started to get confident. And I'm starting to think, yeah, I can do this, right? And and then I started to, you know, hang out with different friends again that were drinking. And I was getting back into my normal lifestyle. And, you know, but then I could start to see that all of these old ways were starting to come in and happen again. The resentment towards my husband and, and everybody in my life, the hatred that was, was starting to really brew back up in my body again. And I'm like, no. And then on August 17th of 2019 was when I woke up and I said, I will never, ever, ever touch that drop of alcohol again. And I never did. I never did. That was when I decided I'm going to become that individual that I was always meant to be. So what I started to do was um, I've always been um, – a lover of mindset and manifesting. Manifesting in my life has always been huge because I understand it. Um, and I love the mentors of uh, the personal development mentors, which are Dr. Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Louise Hay, huge. Uh, like all of these different mentors. And what I did was I started reading again. I started meditating and I really started to uh, become that individual that I wanted to be. Um, I started listening to, a, watching a lot of YouTube, the podcast. Then I started to take courses. And um, I really started to get into uh, like Bob Proctor and, and all of that. Because one of my most favorite books about 22 years ago was um, The Secret. And I was just like, what do you mean you can manifest things? Like, what? Like, how does that happen? And that totally, totally just changed my world. Like, if I could think something and if I can believe something in that strong, like you're telling me that if I have faith, that it will become a reality within my life. And I have always done vision boards and different things like that. But through my years of torment, I had forgotten about this. Off and on, I would go back to, to, to the mindset and manifesting. But this time, I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to dive deep into this. And that's what I did. I became a certified yoga instructor. And that was when I really started to learn about my energy work and the chakras and different things like that. 
Then I took my Reiki level one and my level two. Then I uh, took my life coaching. I got certified in that. And then I started to take different courses. Um, I became a, a, a mindset and manifesting coach. And then I actually started to, um, I, I thought, you know what, I would eventually like to write a program where I could help all these people. So I'm really starting to come into the person that I want to be. And then guess what happened? COVID hit, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like seeing all of these posts from women that I know and women that I really care about. And we're, we're having homeschooling at this time. And they're posting on Facebook their children pouring wine for them. And they're making comments like, is it too early at 11 a.m. to be um, drinking? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, you have no idea what you're doing. You are digging a hole so deep that you will not be able to get out of because I've been there. I know exactly what you're doing. And I was just so fearful. And, of course, it brought so many bad memories up for me as well. And I thought, I got to do I, I got to do something about this because these are people that I really care and I love about, that, that I love. And um, another thing is that sales of alcohol had went up 65%, like within just a couple of days. Then in our area alone, there was eight men in their late 30s, early 40s who had committed suicide. Mm. Domestic abuse had just skyrocketed. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, like the world is literally falling apart in so many different areas because we're brought to our stillness and people can't handle it. They don't know what to do with themselves because they, their life has totally been consumed with this outside world. And now all of these individuals are now brought to their stillness and they don't even know how to handle themselves. Most people don't like themselves. So what am I going to do? And I just thought, if there's one thing that I can do to change these people, then I want to do it. So what I started to do is I actually started to do a live. I, I would post a video every Wednesday. And what I did, it would just be, you know, about my thoughts and feelings or whatever it was that was going in my mind that I was having difficulty with and that I just wanted to talk about because I knew whatever it was that was bothering me. And if I had a solution, I would let these people know what I was going to. And I had a solution that it could help just one person out there. So as the months went by, I was really starting to build a following. Then what I did was I was doing quotes. I was doing inspiration. I was creating inspirational quotes and I would do those on a daily basis. So this was going on from like March until December, and I'm getting a, a lot of following Brian now by this point, right? And everybody's like commenting me, making comments, they're messaging me, I'm getting phone calls, and they're just like, Shannon, like, you are making a difference in the world. They're saying, like, I really needed to hear this today. I've had pe- I had people message me and say, you know, you're changing my life. And the more that I'm getting all of these comments, the more I'm getting totally sick with myself. I'm like, oh my God, I am such a fucking liar. Like people think that my life is so perfect and I'm just this big inspiration and I am sitting here and I am an absolute hypocrite. 
because they don't know what I've gone through. They don't know what I've seen. And I'm like, what am I going to do to change this? Because I'm lying. And I'm sick of lying my whole entire life. So what I decided to do is I decided that I was going to do a live on video because I couldn't stand myself anymore. So it was January of 20, I think it was 20. Well, it was two years ago anyways. I can't remember the exact date. Um, was it, well, yeah, it was January of 2021. And I did a live video on Facebook. And there was over 700 people that actually came onto my live. And you can go back onto my Facebook or you can even go onto my YouTube channel, Shannon Mondor, and you can go back to that video, that live video, and you can watch it. And I literally spilled the beans about everything. I told people all about my addiction. I told people all about my abuse. I, I spilled the beans about everything. And then it was after that where I decided, you know what? I'm going to write a book. Because if there is just one person that I could possibly say, and that's all I want to do, then I've, I'm accomplishing what I wanted to do. And the freedom that I had after I did that live was just overwhelming. It was so powerful. And let me tell you, I was scared shitless. I was so scared to do it. But I knew that I had to do it. And that was the beginning of my big growth. That was the very beginning. So I ended up write, writing my book. I, I started in March, and it took me three months to write my book. And it was literally being channeled to me. Like, I would sit down, and I would write, 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 write. After three months, it was totally completed. Then I thought, you know what, in June, it was the end of June, I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to look at my book. I'm not even going to look at my book at this point in time. I'm just going to take July and August off because I just knew within me, something was telling me that this is a really time for growth. I really need to pay attention to who I am, what's happening around in my world, the relationships that I've got, and just really, really come into my own power. And that's what I did. It was such a learning two months for me. Then in September, I took, picked up my book and I reread my book. And there was hardly anything that I needed to change in my book. But I looked at that and I was like, holy shit. For all of this that I had gone through throughout my whole entire life. And, I, and I'm like, is, did, has other people experienced things like this? And I was just thinking like, no wonder I became a flippant alcoholic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I cannot wait to share this story with so many other people because this is what's going to change people's lives. Because my book is not only about addiction. I have lost a baby. How many other thousands of people have lost a baby? Um, you know, we've all got that relationship with somebody in the family that we just don't get along with and we just don't know what to do with that relationship. Um, we, we all have to forgive we all have to take ownership of who we are. And so the first part of my book is totally, completely raw, my whole entire life. My marriage, my wedding day, absolutely everything, right? The second part of my book is all about how I started to heal, how I had to forgive myself. 
Because if I could not forgive myself, I could not forgive my mother and my brother. Those are the people that I needed to forgive the most besides me. Then I go into like just so many different areas of my life and I really analyze and I look at at these situations. And that's where people are really going to resonate and they're going to be like, oh my God, yes, that's happened in my life. And that's what I really wanted to do with this book was really get that message out there. Then what I did was it was like, okay, my book became published March 8th of 2022. Then after that, I'm like, okay, I want to create a podcast. So that's what I did. I created my podcast, Fulfillment in Faith, because I wanted to get my story out there even more. So the first 16 episodes is me reading each chapter. And I read the chapter. Then what I do is I go into uh, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions of what I had at that time when I wrote that chapter. But then because I have become, uh, I have grown into this totally different person that I was a year ago, and I've expanded. And I really go in deep about my thoughts, feelings, and emotions and my perspective of how I feel now to this day. And those, those episodes are extremely powerful. Then I'm like, okay, universe, I can only talk about my book for so freaking long. <laughs> now what am I going to talk about? So I put it out to the universe. Universe, please, you need to help me and tell me what I am supposed to do next with my podcast. And because I believe so much within that about manifesting, and that is the first step in manifesting, is you need to ask the universe. So I asked the universe, help me. So two weeks after that, I was actually uh, going to a concert with my daughter. And she ended up getting sick just before the concert. So I took her back to the Airbnb. And um, so I was going to this concert no matter what. You know, I wanted to see this artist. So I go to the concert. And one thing I want everybody to know is at this particular time, I was at such a low part in my life. I was so lonely. So, so lonely. Because after I had published my book, so many people that I thought that I loved or loved me in my life really ended up to show who they really were. Mm. So in what I way, Shan, in what have, way, can you go expand on that? In what way did they show you? Because I think that's an important. Mm-hmm. Like, what did so, you notice in their different behavior? Um, so when I had published my book, um, my intention was literally just to get the story out there to help other people. I really never even thought about it as, um, as an ego thing for me or anything like that. All I wanted to do, I just so wanted to help others, right? Because I knew what it was like to have an addiction and, and, and to go, go through all these different experiences in my life. But when I wrote my book and it became published and I became, and I was so raw and the things that I had said about my feelings and the situations that I put in, a lot of people that 
have never experienced addiction before, they were beyond offended that I could actually speak my truth. And they, there was a lot of embarrassment that they, there was that affiliation to me. Um, there was a lot of people that were really worried about image. Um, so my book actually really, even though it was all about me, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and what I had gone through, they made it all about them mm. because they were so worried that they were going to be judged. But it wasn't about them. It was about how I viewed myself. And that's where I really have to pull back, stick in my stillness, and really start to come into my own power. Because there was a lot of, I was very sad that these people that I, I loved had shown these insecurities within themselves. I, I get it. But what hurt me the most was it wasn't about them. It was really, it, it was all about me. So then, of course, the true colors really start to come out. And I could no longer be affiliated with these individuals in my life anymore because I could see that they weren't there for me. And I really had to kick in the compassion towards them. But at the same time, you can have compassion and love towards these individuals. But I could no longer have them in my life either because I knew that their main purpose wasn't for me. And one thing that I learned and that when I stepped back to take a look at this whole life picture, these individuals in my life that had really were concerned about their image and all about them, it was those types of people when I was growing up are the ones that really judged me. And it was these prominent families that made me also feel like I had no self-worth. And it was these people that I was going over and beyond to please. And so when I looked at that and I was thinking, wow, okay, this is where this cycle is going to stop. It's not going to happen anymore. I'm putting myself first. I'm putting my feelings and my emotions first. And so that's where I have to put my healthy boundaries. So when I'm at this concert and I am looking around and I looked at the concert, like I was like the concert, like it was packed. So the whole stadium was like the world. And then there's little me. And let me tell you, I will be the first one to tell you, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was just thinking, oh my God, have I made the right decision here? And, you know, I'm seeing husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends and girlfriends, like all of them laughing, drinking, partying. And they are just having the best time ever. And I was told when I had... Um, had these individuals no longer a part of my life, I had someone say to me, I sure hope that by having these people no longer in your life that you can handle the consequences from this. And I was like, yes, I can. And it was in that moment at that stadium that I was really doubting that. And I was thinking, should 
I bring all these toxic individuals who showed me who they really are back into my life because I'm so freaking lonely. Should I or shouldn't I? Because I was at a real crossroads then. And then if, if I let these people back into my life, well, number one, I'm not going to be lonely anymore. But number two, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to slip back into being a chameleon. I'm going to slip back into being a people pleaser. I'm probably not going to be happy anymore. But you know what? At least I'm not going to be alone. And then it was at that moment, I was like, oh, my God. How many other thousands of people out there in this world are going through the exact same feelings that I'm going through right now? And that is why they go back to drinking. That is exactly why. They will go back into their old habits because they're so fucking scared because they don't want to be left alone. And I had done this cycle over and over and over. And that was when I said, no fucking way am I ever going to do that again. And I thought, I am going to start speaking my truth. I'm going to start telling my story. And that was when I'm like, no way. No way. And the power that I had within me at that moment, I knew. I knew I was never going to go back to my old life. And I knew that I was stepping into my power at that moment. And the clarity that came through me was just absolutely unbelievable. And it has been since that day that I will never look back. And I will tell my story and share my truth. It was such a pivotal and powerful moment. And that was when the compassion really kicked in. And I was looking at all these individuals in my life. And I was like, this is where I really, really need to have compassion and love towards these people. Because what they were feeling with their image and being judged, I had been there my whole entire life. So I give them praise and love, but I also release them at the same time because this is their journey now that they need to go on. This is things in their life that they need to realize. I've walked that path and now I'm going forward and I'm going to walk my path to give all these other individuals the power that they need and they will get it through me. They will get it through my story. So I have a question now, for I you, wanna, Shannon. I, yeah. I'm a, if I'm in the I'm, a, I'm in the audience right now, I'm a PAC member of the podcast, and I'm going through. Let's say I'm going through something incredibly challenging. It could be an addiction. It could be an abusive relationship. And I'm trying to get. I'm I'm trying. I want. I'm I'm stuck on that hamster wheel. I'm spinning, and I want to get off, but I'm scared. I'm. I feel like I, you know. I don't know what the next level is or the next step is. And what's around the corner? What's the best advice you could give? For that PAC member out there who's struggling with a need to change something in his or her life drastically right now. Okay. First of all, the number one thing you have to do is you have to sit still for that moment. And I want you to look within yourself and I want you to say to yourself, what is the one thing that I'm most afraid of? Your, your body's going to tell you exactly what the thing is that you're most afraid of. Now, fear does not want you to grow. It wants you to stay stuck. So whatever is that fear that pops up, that's the one thing that you have to tackle because on the other side of fear is growth. My biggest fear was I didn't want to be alone. I did not want to be alone. 
So I put myself in so many different positions where I put everybody else first. But you know what? I was still alone. I was still alone. And people are always going to judge you. Always going to judge you. Whether, whether you're doing a good thing or a bad thing. They're always going to judge you. I'm being judged right now. I'm being judged right now on a daily basis by individuals that are seeing my growth. Some people don't want me to have that growth. But you know what? That really doesn't matter anymore. Because you know who matters? I matter. I love myself now. I love myself. And I will do anything to continue on this path. Because I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. And that's all that matters. And those people that really care about you, they will all come. They'll all follow you. And those ones that don't follow you, they were never meant to be in your path in the first place. But you did learn something from them. That's the point. You learned something from them. So did that I th- answer your question? Yeah, it did. And, and I have a follow-up question to that. And I think I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I believe that people are either nourishing to us or they're toxic to us. And mm-hmm. and sometimes the people who we love the most can be the most toxic people. And we have to, you know, I'm a firm believer of at, at some point you have to just evacuate them and emancipate yourself them the, yourself out of their lives. How did you go about doing that when you had these people who, and, and I do believe this, I don't think people look at us and judge us if we're doing something well. I think they look at us and they see a mirror. They don't, they're not looking at what you're doing. They're, they're looking at what they're not doing. And so it's, they, they, they don't like yeah. that. Um, how did you go about separating yourself from those people who were in your life but were no longer supportive? Plain and simple. I just cut myself off. Okay. <laughs> you ripped the Band-Aid off. I just ripped the Band-Aid off. Plain and simple. Because you can't sugarcoat. You know what I mean? If I was going to sugarcoat or whatever, um, you know, that's just prolonging. The, the wound. I, like I said, I, I, have been, I have been doing things for so many people for so many years, you know, to make them happy. You know, I, I molded myself into something that they wanted me to be. I couldn't do it anymore. I, I was to the point that I was going to kill myself. Yeah. Right? So it's just like, no. Sever the ties. Just sever the ties. And, and give them love give them praise and forgive yourself, but also forgive them and just let it go. Perfect. Just absolutely let it go. Because now where I am in my life, I've got my husband and my children. I'm building this huge community of wonderful, amazing people, which I'm going to get into here shortly. And, you know, I've got, you know, uh, the friends that I've got in my life now, they love me. And I love them. And they know my story. And I have nothing to be ashamed about. Absolutely nothing. And you know what? I speak my truth. I walk my walk and I talk my talk. Would you remind me how tall you are? I'm I'm gonna say I I lie, I say I'm five two. But like I'm, I'm about five one and a half. <laughs> the reason <laughs> I bring that up is because twenty pounds. The reason I bring that up is because I weigh one hundred twenty pounds, and I'm just this little. Well, you know what? There's so I'm much power wrapped up in that little five. figure. 
I mean, that 120 yeah. oh, pounds, yeah. five foot one, man, there's so much power in there. Yeah. What the I hell? gotta tell you, I'm so fucking cute. You're just gonna <laughs> die when you meet me. <laughs> well, I liked what you said on the phone last week, and you said, "I know the world needs me." <laughs> I, just, I know. I'll tell you, I know the world needs me. And, and, I, I know that. And let's talk about this community you're building as you're as you're changing the world, because I think this is a really good opportunity for so many listeners out there. Okay, so I'm going to take you back three years, pretty much right after I totally quit drinking altogether because things became so clear with me. Um, and I was really getting to know who I was. I actually started having this vision and this vision is so clear. And with this vision, I am a, a motivational and I'm a public speaker and I am walking Okay, first of all, I know, I know exactly what I'm wearing. I'm looking at my shoes. I know what my shoes look like. I know what I'm wearing. I know what my hair looks like, my makeup, my lipstick, everything. It's like I'm looking in a mirror and I can tell you exactly. I walk up, I'm backstage, and I'm walking up these three steps to get to the top of the stage. To the left of me are these thick black curtains. And then to the right of me, there's three individuals. They're looking at me and they're welcoming me. I know them in my future, but I don't know them now. But I know them in my future. And they're kind of prompting me and we're laughing and we're talking and, and whatever. Then I hear my name being called. And I walk out on stage. And this is not just like a couple hundred people. These are hundreds of people that I'm speaking to. Now, as I walk out on stage, I feel the power almost immerse right through me. Like the power within me is just magnifying. And I'm talking and I'm speaking and my hands are going and the power that's resonating out of my body is beyond overwhelming. I can see the people's faces in the audience and whatever they're saying, whatever I'm saying, they are totally resonating. Because there are people that are crying, they're tearing up. Like, they can feel what I'm saying to them. The problem was, Brian, is I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And that always bothered me. Now I know what I was talking about on stage. And I know that it is becoming my reality. Because what I'm talking about is I'm talking about my book. I'm talking about my experiences. Now, with my podcast, um, I have created this series, which is called You Are Not the Only One. And how that came up was when I was in the stadium and I'm having my moment of crossroads there. This also came into light, which came to me so clear, was when I had said to myself that I'm going to take my power back and I'm going to start speaking my truth and becoming the individual that I'm supposed to be and that I'm going to help thousands of people out there. That was when it came to me what my podcast was to be about. And that's why I came up with the name You Are Not The Only One. Because when I was sitting in that stadium and the feelings and emotions I was going through, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are going through the exact same thing might not be the same story I'm having, but you know what? They're going through something, and I want them to know 
that they are not the only one. You are not the only one. So my series on my podcast, Fulfillment and Faith, is you are not the only one. So I have guests from all over the, all over the world now which are coming onto my podcast and they are telling the story of what brought them to their stillness and what it is that they are sharing with the world because their story will resonate with hundreds of other people and they're telling us what they've learned from that, from that stillness. They are sharing, um, you know, what they want others to know. They are sharing where they are now in life and it's such a strong and powerful message. Now, what I've also done, too, because I know that I am going to be a public speaker. I know it. I know it, and I've built the platform. And so what I've done is I've created this community with all of these guests. I have a private Facebook group, and it's called You Are Not the Only One. And all of these guests, once they record their podcast, they are automatically on my Facebook group. And what I'm doing is I'm creating a platform for public speaking, which will go worldwide. And wherever I go, Germany, Sweden, the U.S., Canada, I will go onto my Facebook group and I will say, hey, guys, I, with my platform, you are not the only one, have been invited to Dallas, Texas. Who wants to share their story with me on stage? And let me tell you, my community is beyond excited because we know that I have totally created a movement and that we've got that common bond. And that's what my community is all about. So there is people all over the place now that didn't even realize that they live five miles away or whatever from each other that are going to be connecting with each other. And also within this community, I'm starting in September, I'm doing Zooms with my community. Uh, twice a week because of the different time zones. And we're talking about our wins, the amazing things that are happening in our life. We're talking about, you know, uh, different aspects to mastermind because we're here to help each other. We're here to grow. And each week, because my podcast is becoming so popular, I'm going to be releasing two guests a week now. Um, so my community is constantly growing, 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 growing. And it's becoming a real movement. And that's the one thing with my guests on my podcast is when I do a meet and greet with them, there's a little piece of me that's in them, and there's a little piece of them in me by their story. Then when I do the interview, that little piece is now locked in. When I have an interview with somebody, it's not done. I don't want it to be done. We're on a journey together. So let's make a difference within this world and create something so wonderful and so beautiful that we can totally change people's lives. And that's where this community comes in. Because I want to grow with these individuals and they want to grow with me. So I'm creating a community that is never ending. It's going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's why people need me because I am doing this for them as well. I love that. And I think one of the things I want to stress to the audience out there is I'm going to, you can look at, look for her podcast. Now I follow, I, and listen to it on Spotify, but it's on Podbean, it's on YouTube, it's on Apple, it's on iHeartRadio, it's on all different, I'll include a few links, but if the links that I include are not the podcast uh, platform you follow, or you go to yours and just type in Fulfillment in Faith, it'll pop right up. 
Um, so I want to include that so people can get, jump on that and start listening to it. Um, I have a question because I, I, what, what I saw with you, Shannon, you've gone through definite periods of your life, your childhood where there was abuse and torment, tormentation by your brother. Of course, your father dies when you were two and a half, three years old. You got into your teens. You had a lot of anger, hatred, you know, anxiety, fear, depression, suicidal uh, thoughts. Go to your 20s and 30s. You were kind of a runner. You ran away from who you were. You tried to be a a, a, a a uh, um, chameleon, kind of a people pleaser. Then you got in your 40s and you crash and burn. Then you picked yourself back up, had a small kind of a relapse there for, for a little bit, then picked yourself up again. This story is like, it's it's so synonymous with so many other people's stories. And uh-huh. I think so often, you know, people get discouraged because we watch these successful people who have their shit together in life and we think, okay, they're nothing like me. I can never get there. Or they see, you know, I might be able to get there, but maybe this person had one fall in their life, one bad thing or two bad things. I've had three or four, so I'm just set, you know, I'm kind of behind the eight ball. I can't quite catch up. I think with your story, what people can realize is you can have multiple stages in your life where you've done and gone through bad shit. And it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter your health. It doesn't, none of that matters. It all depends on whether you want to now pick your life up and move forward and go to the next level and become that true version of yourself that through, you know, mentors and manifestation and reading and and really getting down, like you said, looking at yourself and looking at your, what's your life story? Look at the repetitions in that life story because those repetitions are signs that you haven't quite learned yet. Um, I think that there's so much power in that. So I'm going to ask you, if you and I were on a time machine today and we were to go back to maybe your early 20s, you're out of, you know, you graduated, you're, you're done with school anyway, and you got through uh, grade 12, you're kind of at that point now where you're still dealing, you have this past of diff- difficulty, and now you're deciding where to go in life. Do I become the v- true version of myself or do I become a people pleaser? If you could go back to that moment Right there, when you were going into that direction of becoming a people pleaser, what would you tell yourself? If we could sit down with your 20-year-old younger version, what would you say to yourself? What advice would you give? To me, this is very easy. Um, Have faith in yourself. Have faith. Because once you have faith in yourself, everything, there's no limits. There's no limits in anything that you want. Uh, what you want to become, uh, uh, absolutely none. Because once you have faith in yourself, there is fulfillment in absolutely every area of your life. And that is why I named my podcast Fulfillment in Faith, because I believe in that so strongly. And I live it on a daily basis now. You need to have faith no matter what. Faith comes from within And where we get confusion and mixed up and all of that is when we look at the outside world. If you have faith within who you are, where you're going, what you're doing, it'll all be good. Confusion comes from the outside. We we start to fight with ourselves or with our inner being when other people are guiding us and telling us what we should do. We know what we should be doing already. So block everything else out. Have faith within who you are. Everything you need in life comes from within. Everything. Everything. 
I, I think what you, what you just, I think, clarified for so many people is, you know, we hear this a lot, have faith in yourself, have faith in yourself. Well, a lot of people, I think, out there sit and go, I've made so many damn mistakes in my life. I've stumbled so many times. I'm an idiot. I've been an idiot and I've been an ass at certain times. They can look at your story and say, okay, this woman here, um, at her age now, I'm going to say late 40s, early 50s. I don't know. I don't want to guess. I'm, I'm 54. 54. I'm 54. Okay. And I, can, and I can say I am so proud to be 54 <laughs> because I now, at 54 years old, people are blown away when they look at me and they're like, you're 54 years old because I don't even look close to my age. And the reason I don't look close to my age at all is because I've released all the shit from my life. There's nothing in my life that I didn't get. All my toxins are gone. And when that happens, you become happier, you become vibrant, you become younger looking. Everything about you, your health all comes back. You know, like people put me at about 38. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, Um, and that's another great thing that happens when you come into your power as well. So... I'm, I'm 54 years young. Well, that's, yeah, I, I just did, was doing the math in my head. You were saying late 80s, grad, grade 12. I'm like, okay. But I think the, 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 the point is that I think that when people come at us and say have faith, and when we don't know the story of the person telling us this advice, we say, well, that's great for you because you haven't really had any problems or had any made any mistakes in your life. Now, we're talking to a woman who is 54 years old had horrible abuse as a child, suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety, fears, uh, started drinking and ran, well, one ran away from her, from her family, became a people pleaser, you know, a, 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 a chameleon, and then started drinking heavily up to six bottles of wines a day. I mean, this is someone who's got demons, man. And yet she's gotten yeah, through those demons, right. a lot of demons. And she can look at yeah. you and say, have faith because her faith in herself, which she said comes from the inside, she was able to overcome the confusion from the outside to have faith in ho- on her, who she truly is inside, her best version of herself. If Shannon can do it, who the hell out there can't? That means you out there can. And so I love what you yeah. said about take a good look at yourself and look at the story of your life. Sit down and really give yourself a good self audit and look at who you yeah. are versus who you want to become. I love that. That's good yeah. advice, man. Because let me- because let me tell you, when I, after I wrote my book and I reread it, that was when I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, that's quite a story. That's quite a story. And, and I was like, I, I couldn't believe of all the experiences that I have gone through. Now, this is another thing that I want the people to understand out there. I do not like the word survivor. And I do not like the word victim. I look at my life as experiences. They were experiences. You will never hear me say I am a survivor or I am a, or I am a victim ever, ever. No, no. These were experiences. And I learned from them and I grew from them. And now I'm teaching from them. That's the importance of I think it goes back to what you said at the there very beginning. There's no be- mistake. At the very beginning, there's when you no said mistake. there is, you have no regrets from your past. You embraced all those past experiences. I think that's a powerful thing because I think we tend to run away 
Um, and when we re- when we regret something, then that means we regret who we are today. Every little damn yeah. thing that happened to you or me or you out there in the audience, it happened for a reason. And it depends on how we handle that reason. Do we take it as, as a, is it trauma or is it a triumph? I had a great conversation, Shannon, today, this morning with an incredible man. He's a ultra marathon runner going out to actually to run um, a 50K uh, a race out in Mount Saint, on Mount St. Helen this next weekend. And... Um, you know, we, he talked about that triumph over or, or uh, trauma over triumph over trauma, which coincidentally is the episode podcast we did last. Uh, our last one was with Sarah Moss. It was triumph over trauma or trauma to triumph or something like that. Um, so I think that's a really good lesson for a lot of people is don't regret the things that have happened to you, the experiences no. or the, even the things you did. They're in the past. They, they, there's no point in haunting you. Let them haunt you anymore. Learn from them and move forward to build upon those things because they were there for a reason. Every one of them. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, and and the biggest thing is too is there's shame attached to that when you do, and you can't love yourself if if you have shame for yourself. Mm-hmm. So just embrace it. Just move forward. I think that's powerful too. What you said about you can't really expect others to love you if you don't love yourself. I was having lunch with a, one of my best friends, Steve, last Saturday, and he we were just talking. and He said something about we accept the love we think we deserve. I'm like, that's pretty powerful. Very simple statement, it is. but so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Shannon, yeah. as, as we be- you receive the love that you you also yeah. receive the love that you give out too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, I've learned over the last few years, Shannon, that I love to me was always a noun. Then I realized love is a verb before it becomes a noun. It's something that I do, yeah. and it's something for myself and others. And when I do that, then I experience love back, whether it's from other people or even the person I'm showing love to is irrelevant. Because I give love, I experience love. And I think that's like random acts of kindness and doing things for, you know, doing little things for people. You know, the gift is really more to, for us. Is, we get more gifts because we show love and kindness than really mm-hmm. we give. I think that's powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so as we wrap up, I have one thing, and I don't, we, this was a really good conversation because your story was so deep and so profound. And I wanted you to just to run with it. I didn't want to interrupt you when you were telling your whole story because there's so many layers to that story. So if you could, if there was, it was, summarize for us. And you kind of did that a minute ago with your 20-year-old self uh, conversation. But if there, was there a question that I didn't ask that you wish I would have? Or is there any final succinct message you want to leave with that member out there who's struggling in life and looking to go to that next level? Well, all I really want the audience to know is I strongly, strongly invite you to go to my website. Um, shannonmondor.com um, I, I want you if, if you are struggling and you do need help um, I've been through a lot and I know what I'm talking about and I can help you and I want you to take a look at my coaching program um, you can either do one on one with me or you can do the fulfillment and faith and these are six month programs where you will embody and it will totally change your life and I know that they work because I did them and I created these this program and I will teach you how to change your identity and become that version of you that you always, always wanted to be. Um, I will teach you how to manifest. I love manifesting. Absolutely love it because there's the seven steps. I will teach you that. Also the dominant feeling to become that person that you want to be because you don't realize that there is a dominant feeling that you have on a daily basis. Biggest thing is too, is like, I will teach you about the law of, vibration 
That's the primary law and the law of attraction. There are so many different things that I will teach you and I would be absolutely honored to get you to where you want to be. And another thing too is on July, uh, no, September 14th to 16th, I will be doing a live event, um, which is called Rise Above. And that will get you, you'll definitely know who I am after, after this live event. Um, and I'm so excited for it. And just go to my Instagram, go to my Facebook, go to my website and just reach out because there is help out there. There is help. And that is my mission in life. And yeah, it's, that's all I really have to say because there's, you are worth it. Whatever you're going through, there is a solution. Believe me, I've been there. I have so been there. Final words too is me and a girlfriend were actually talking uh, a couple weeks ago. And I don't know, Brian, if you and I were talking about this either, because we talked so much the other day. If I had a choice between somebody learning from somebody that had gone through all the experiences I have or learning through somebody that just gained that knowledge through education, like say a therapist or whatever, there is definitely a purpose for therapists. Absolutely. But I, because of what I've gone through, I would rather go to somebody that has lived through the experiences that I have because they know, they know what I've gone through, the feelings, the emotions, all of that. So that's where I really come in. Um, I, I will understand you and even go to my website. If you just want to have a conversation to find out more about me and my program, go on to the link on my website and there's a one-on-one consultation and we can talk for that hour and see if me and you are a match. And those are my final words. I love it, man. And I tell you, um, I'm on your website now. In fact, I'm going to include all the links that, we, that we've that we talked about, everybody. So c- please go back to the show notes. Just go right to your podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to this on, and go down. You'll see the notes on there. Uh, click on those or the links. Click on those. And I think what she just said is very important. I think, you know, you want to follow the person with scars because that person's been through it. And you want to follow the person who's not who, – who's ne- you don't want to follow a person who's never gone through the dirt, the mud, the fight, the battle, who's never been in the arena his or herself. You want to per- follow that person who's been there and done that, who can really guide you through, can empathize and understand on a deeper level where you're coming from. Like, I, like you said, I think therapy is great for a lot of people. But I'm more inclined myself to be listening and following somebody who's been in that arena that I want to be in or the arena that I'm in right now that I want to get out of, whatever it might be. So – so I'm going to include all the links, everybody. Uh, th- <laughs> this was a great episode. I'm surprised. We could probably do number two because I think there's a lot more to go through, Shannon. Um, we probably need to For schedule sure. number and two. And if you ever want to, yeah, if you ever want to, I'm here. <laughs> I know you. I know how to reach you, even in Alberta. In a, <laughs> even in your hot tropical climate right now, it's whatever it oh, is. I can't. Gosh. I know. I, I wish I could convert Celsius. to. So tell everybody what it is right now in Alberta and where you are uh, for Celsius anyway. Well, yesterday we reached 42.5, and that is hot. And we've got a pool in our backyard, and I couldn't even be in our backyard. It was so hot. Um, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> Not a good day to be up on someone's roof putting new shingles on. No, no, <laughs> heavens no. <laughs> All right, so Shannon, if we could spend a few minutes after we're done recording, I'd love to talk to you afterward. 
Uh, but until then, in a few minutes, I want to thank you. you. I think with this, you're going to be touching so many more lives by, by this podcast. And I appreciate you on behalf of myself and the Bamboo Pack member out there right now who's struggling. And you gave them hope. I just want to say thank you for being such an amazing and inspiring and tough, energetic, passionate guest on the Bamboo Lab podcast. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This 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 was wonderful. And like I said, Brian, this was an absolute honor. So thank you for giving me the platform uh, to, to help these people out there. So thank you so much. Dude, they need you. The world needs you, man. I, I like when I call <laughs> I you man. I like when I call you man like I did last week and you said, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> But in all seriousness, I appreciate you, my friend. I really do. So we'll talk in a couple of minutes here. In the meantime, everybody out there, I want to thank you for tuning in again this week. Uh, this was an honor to, to sit here and talk and hear Shannon's story. Please reach out to her. The links will be there. Reach, Go to her website, schedule a consultation or a conversation with her. And just listen and see if there's a good fit. She's got, you can tell she's got the energy and passion and the strong desire to help the world. So in the meantime, everybody will talk in the next week or two. Get out there and strive to give and be your best person. Love and respect other people and yourself. And please, man, live intentionally. I appreciate each and every single one of you.